So that's what I'm saying. The text is like an object. It's gonna change perspective based on where you're standing. I don't know. Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I missed you, baby sweet. It was a day. Hmm? It was a day. Please tell me you're seeing this too. From Seattle, we are drinking the movies. I'm Taylor Baker. And I'm Michael Clausen. Ooh. That's good. That's, um... Is that beer or is this juice? It's almost like a mimosa. Yeah. yeah which I exactly love. What it is. That is so not what, a complaint. What color is this? I can just tell that it's not normal beer. It almost looks like orange juice. Again, not a complaint. Some, I feel like it's somewhere between like a, a nice Citra IPA shade Ooh. and an orange juice or like a, a uh, some sort of a mixed cranberry juice thing. Yeah. The weather's warming up. Feels just right. It's very fitting. The weather is hot. Well, what are we talking about today? We have three movies to dig into today. We have Captive State, Jordan Peele's latest, Us, as well as Christian Alvort's classic, Pandorum, self-proclaimed classic by me, and the uh, Twilight Zone uh, episode, Mirror Image, that Us is influenced by somewhat severely. Mm-hmm. Um and then we are going to do first impressions on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, as well as... Lucy in the Sky, starring Natalie Portman. Apparently there's no diamonds. Apparently not. I, I hear there are diapers. We shall see. With that, let's see if there's diapers. <laughs> you got to see the vast celestial everything. And it blew your mind. So now nothing makes sense. Cheers. We just watched the trailer for Lucy in the Sky, directed by Noah Hawley, starring Natalie Portman, John Hamm. Dan Stevens. There you go. What do you think? Well, there's a stunning lack of diapers. We there just, is. We have to address. There are no diapers. <laughs> the elephant in the room. In the film trailer. That does not mean that there Correct. won't be diapers in the film. It's we can only hope. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. For, for for context, my suspicion is that this is the movie about, based on a true story, I don't know this woman's name. Who, Lucy, one would assume. Lucy, there we go. Who was an astronaut and for some sort of dramatic relationship reasons, ended up like driving across the country. I think from Texas, specifically. That's right. To, okay, like, so you're Florida? familiar with this story? Yeah, I, I loosely remember this. And yeah, she had put on diapers so she could drive like through the night or something. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're not getting any of the gritty detail here. None but. of the gritty detail. Um, <laughs> so have you spent any time with Noah Hawley's projects? Um, I couldn't tell you what else he's done. Uh, or, Fargo and Legion, most No, I, I can't say I have. On, on FX. These are FX shows. Uh, Dan mm-hmm. Stevens, we covered him in the film with Lucy Boynton, Apostle. That's right. Um, and he is also the star of Legion. And then the Fargo series kind of has a running voiceover from Billy Bob Thornton, but changes up mm. its characters every season. Got it. You like his work? I love his work. And I'm Luke warm on this. I'm just going to let it be what it is when it comes out. I'm not going to have yeah. any expectations here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I have an opinion one way or the other. I really want to see it. Um, He's an exciting cinematographer and, and framer. I'm sure that 
you notice that at least yeah in the yeah i think it looks great like i i like these performers you know i'm intrigued to see what it's all about i, I don't know that like this really um raised my hopes particularly you know yeah. um I, I would almost kind of rather just go in open-minded at this point yeah i have um, a naturally hard time with just letting mundane happenings on earth mm. be twisted into these science fiction fantasy genres Mm. And so I'm trying to just like suppress everything and just like mm. let it be what it is when it comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I wasn't really expecting some of those sort of flights of fancy that we kind of get when we're. It looks like we're kind of in her head as she's yeah. floating up into the sky. Um, I'll, I hope it doesn't kind of or when uh, she's, lose its uh, touch to reality or something. Having a coitus on the bed and it slowly <laughs> turns into the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I almost just don't want to judge it based off this like i kind of hope that there's still more there than i'm kind of getting out of this yeah, I, so. I do think it's an effective trailer for peaking interest yeah. probably in most other people just Definitely. i'm nervous there you go now let's get to a trailer that i eagerly anticipated for years once upon a time in hollywood So, Rick, uh, explain to the audience exactly what it is a stunt double does. Actors are required to do a, a lot of dangerous stuff. Cliff here is meant to help carry the load. Is that uh, how you describe your job, Cliff? What, carrying his load? Yeah, it's about right. <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood. I like this trailer quite a bit. I was very surprised by it. What about you? Yay. Leave it Yay. at that. Awesome. Just everything I want. Also, not everything I want, because I didn't see Scoop McNary in this trailer, though there mm. is a lot of quick cuts, so I, I'm curious about which character he plays. I didn't even know he was in it. I like him. He's new on my radar this year, as we've talked about. Yeah, I mean, I was in the camp that just thought this was going to be very much about the Manson murders. Um, so this is much more upbeat than I was expecting. Um, I don't know if that rumor maybe got out of control or if the trailer's, like, leading us astray. It kind of looks like we get one shot of Manson, maybe, the guy with the long brown hair or kind of shaggy brown hair. It's a pretty quick shot. Um so I personally have had to kind of like recalibrate my expectations for it, but um, the trailer still has me psyched. Yeah, I, I, I do question what the screenplay looks like. Like, yeah. is it something that builds empathy for the victims of the murder and then yeah. it ends with the, the murder happening or, or something? Or if it's going to be a little bit more liberty taken and, and maybe the murders will be avenged and Charles Manson will be murdered in this version or yeah. what exactly happens. I, to be honest, that had never crossed my mind. I could totally see that and love that that is even a possibility with him. This um, is uh, the director of Inglorious Bastards and Django Unchained. History right. is not already written in his eyes. Yep, yep. He doesn't mind using his artistic license quite freely, which I think I like. Um, I'm pretty pumped and it's nice that it's not too long of a wait. And it's uh, Leo DiCaprio in a film, which is always good, especially when go. the supporting actor to him is Brad Pitt. This is uh, talented. This is very pleasant. All good things won't be long. Unemployment is the lowest in history. Poverty has been eradicated. 
crime is non-existent. Captive state. That's right. Were you held in a captive state while you were being watched, or did you feel like you were being held captive? I was not captivated. This? I needed to be free from my seat. Ah. What about yourself? I was interested in it narratively. I was exhausted by it formulaically. Mm. And I did not necessarily appreciate any of the screencraft or lens work. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of anything unique that surprised me. And not too many performances were good. Specifically, um, that Machine Gun Kelly fellow. I continue oh. to just despise his performances. <laughs> Is it how much of it has to do with his name being Machine Gun Kelly? Um, not very much, actually. He's just like a bad performer. Like he, yeah, he's I would agree. Just kind of that that early Bradley Cooper that like doesn't really mm. act in a movie mm. the way that a movie actor should be acting. They look like they're acting. Like there's yeah. a, there's a layer of acting happening. Yeah, he's kind of leaning on this tough guy persona instead of just um, doing something kind of different each yeah, time. Yeah, and, and he doesn't even look like look like a tough guy the way like yeah. Dave Batista looks like a tough guy. You know? Yeah, I don't know. You get with me. I, I get the sense he's maybe just playing some version of himself, and yeah. he kind of looks like a d bag. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yes, I would agree. Um, I think Chappie is the best that rap acting has ever gotten and probably ever will get. Chappie? Who is the rap actor there? Uh, the group D'Anthford. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, he was not great. Um, Ashton Sanders um, didn't do a lot for me here, but I don't know that I really felt like that was his fault, um, considering how sort of... Um, how much I responded to him in Moonlight and how I couldn't take my eyes off him there just kind of felt like... He was just not really um, being shot particularly well. Um, yeah. And same with John Goodman. I mean, I love John Goodman. And he it just didn't do John anything Goodman for me here. John Goodman was good in moments. Specifically mm. the close-up where two-thirds of the frame is taken up by his face. Mm. When he's acting, he's almost always good there. Because he mm. can just inhabit the frame as if there isn't a camera there. Mm. In such a way that always kind of magnetizes the film back down to a certain level. And that's maybe where it was at its greatest but like just the the ploys and the foils that they use in this mm. screenplay like okay if he knows that the prostitute or if he knows the prostitute in the building in the beginning mm -hmm. then why hasn't he seen that symbol before so right then i was just like greta syndrome like oh got it He's he's actually running the cell oh. out of Vera Farmiga's thing. So that's interesting. It's, it's okay. So you just knew right away that he was he yeah. was on a good guy's side. I did not, but I think I almost like don't want to give the movie credit for like not really leading me there because I just felt like that that relationship, especially between him and Ashton Sanders, not just John Goodman and Vera Farmiga, they just felt kind of off to me like I don't understand like how these characters relate to each other so it sort of led me off the track accidentally mm -hmm. um so I don't really give it credit for like for the twist of working for unintended reasons um but yeah that was interesting I, I did not see that coming it kind of perked me up um when I realized what he was doing and the Trojan horse um bit but um 
I, I, I didn't feel like it was particularly well crafted. There, there were, would you agree that there are certain segments of the film that are awesome short films? Ooh, what do you have in mind? Specifically the opening in the car where all hmm. of a sudden the two parents are obliterated by the aliens in the tunnel when they're trying to flee. So like that whole segment of fleeing, um, yeah. I thought was pretty killer. I was like, oh, cool. Great way to set me up. And then bad. And then specifically that middle part where um, they try to, they, the cell comes together mm. and they have the operation performed on their necks and like they mm-hmm. suck out the bug and um, they put in the, just like that whole thing had such a nice pulse to it that I thought that it would have been a really sharp short film. Mm. But in the context of a feature film, it destroyed everything around it because it had mm. this crazy awesome pulse to it. Mm. Like it, it wasn't necessarily like, like an awesome piece of film, but it had an awesome pulse to it where you're just, mm. you have to go with them at a ridiculous pace and make a bunch of assumptions about what's going on. And, and then they start getting you tricked when they're on the stadium and you're making eye contact with someone who's like a security guard and you're like what's going on here and then the explosion like it was just a fun segment i think especially for a short film yeah yeah i could see that some of what kept me from kind of getting a little more involved in those scenes like where they were taking the bugs out and at the stadium was kind of how some of those characters were introduced you know it's kind of that montage where they're each giving each other the signal that like the rebellion is on yeah um and which does not work in a feature film no. And that's why I'm yeah. trying to be maybe nice I'm, to say, I'm, like, imagine it's that. Imagine that's the opening of a short film. Yeah, maybe I just have to try to to picture that in 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 the different format. Um, as it was, I just I I didn't I just didn't care about these people. Um, yeah. You know, introduced kind of halfway in sort of this attempt to get us excited about the the the, the potential for a counterattack. When I'm like, I, yeah, I don't know. You haven't really told me about why I should care about these people. Um, so it was just a little empty for me um but um yeah i mean i was intrigued by that opening scene as well um i was a little disappointed just by the look of the aliens themselves you know maybe that's just personal preference we see them right out of the gate so i kind of thought okay so this is not going to be about yeah um, once they showed them to me i was disappointed as well Uh, i was really excited at first by the prospect of a cloverfield scenario ah yeah. Where, like, we don't see the monster until almost the very end, and then, like, all mm. of our characters die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was a little disappointed just kind of by the look of them. The ships themselves, um, a little bland. Not to just nitpick, but kind of, you know, big chunks of rock. Kind of what they look like well, to me. I don't know. That, These yeah. are particulars, but... but um, that, that's aesthetics, know, not, you know, processing, like, what the species is. And what they would yeah. likely have the most access to. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into yeah. world building that um, I think that I'm looking at it from where maybe you're looking at it from aesthetics and pleasure in a film. Yeah. Yeah. But as a world building storyteller, like that, to me, made the most sense. They seem to be made of minerals that are very easy to harvest from comets or, um, sorry, not comets, asteroids that are, you know, just dinging around in the universe so you have an infinite amount of materials it's already essentially made you just have uh pulse um hollows that go down the energy structures you know mm. unknowable within it but we we do have some ideas and then i did like the um hair aliens specifically i thought that was a yeah. very nice creature i could never really tell if they were furry or if they were spiky 
This is kind I, of a texture issue for me. Um, I'm like, I can't really like I think discern. it's mineral hair that um, mm. can be magnetically transposed into different forms mm. and shapes and texture. Got it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I wanted just a little more texture to him, maybe. I don't know. I just didn't find myself really responding to it. A little him. bit more budget than $33 million? Probably, yeah. Um, it, to me, it didn't really look like a $33 million budget movie. I didn't know that that was the budget. That That's more than I would have guessed for what it looked like. It, I just was not impressed with the look 20. of this movie. I might movie. be conflating Pandorum with Captive State. Ah. Let me check. Got it. Budget check. 25 still still up there yeah but i mean there's a lot of cg a lot of practical effects going on a lot of uh actors to pay you know Mm. like a lot of actors with screen time getting paid it's um yeah i am disappointed vera farmiga was underused as she always is i would agree pretty pathetic role in my opinion yeah this is kind of a first purge scenario yeah, that's so funny you say that. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. I would not lump this in with um, other sci-fi movies in my mind. That was the first movie that came to mind um, because of what I think this is trying to do. Like, it's, it feels more like dystopian fiction to me than sci-fi, which those can obviously overlap. Mm-hmm. But um, it's do. Yeah, yeah, it's more about, um, you know, a, a, a vision of the American government as... Um, ruthless and corrupt and a group of people coming together to rebel you know we get that same kind of um, structure in the purge right where we're getting this glimpse into the government and the uh, you know the the vicious things they're trying to do and people are reacting and then we're supposed to kind of get excited when people do um, deliver a blow in return to the government and I just find it kind of pandering um, yeah. and condescending it's yeah, too obvious what, what, it's, what, what you're doing. It's just not original theft is kind of the mm. only way to put it, right? Like, there's that statement, all art is theft. Mm. And, and sometimes you steal really, really well, like Jordan Peele does, like Steven mm. Spielberg does. And sometimes you steal really, really poorly. And this just felt like mm. it was very poor stealing. Like, like, it was taking a bunch of very simplistic ideas and then depicting them in a very matter-of-fact way that was easy to discern the intent and the mm-hmm. problem is that like it had something it wanted to say even mm. you know yeah. it, which um i thought it was very interesting uh craig s zyler is that his oh name? yeah he yeah. came out and said that his goal with his films is to not make any sort of a a overall moral judgment or statement he mm. just wants to make films and i thought that was very interesting in because it made me think like how many movies have I just watched that have very clear political statements instead mm. of wanting to depict art? They mm. want to depict a statement. And I think that maybe this is something that suffers from that. Yeah, yeah. If you kind of just try to depict something recognizable in the world, even if it's via genre, you know, trust the audience to kind of find those themes in it yes. rather than um, just kind of handing it to us. Um, this just felt too much um, like it was too clearly trying to tap into kind of like our um, eagerness to pump our fists with the uh, rebellion um, without really any interest in like what that feels like to be the oppressed. Um, It's just, it's more eager to kind of exploit that sense of righteousness. And Um, to like its purpose is to make us hate the people in power and then mm -hmm. to make us question our hatred of the people in power because the people power are actually the hero. 
Yeah. You know, it's like it's just this classic screenplay <laughs> book narrative where it's like I don't mind it if it's an original story, but it 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 lacks that originality that that I see in like Chappie or uh, District mm. 9, yeah, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think was it Godard who said something like it's not about where you take ideas from, it's where you take them to. Yes. It's like this isn't taking them anywhere particularly new. Exactly. Um but this is a bad movie the end shucks <laughs> I assume that help will be coming say your part some of it is what happened to the passengers there's something wrong with them they were hunting how do you think you would react if you knew the truth Right, a movie you also equally disliked, Pandorum. That's correct. Sadly. Um, you liked it more. I really, really enjoy this movie. It has a $33 million budget. More expensive. More mm. expensive. Um, and it is from the, I can't remember his name right now, but the producer of the Resident Evil series who mm. greenlit this whole operation and co-wrote it with um, Christian, who is a German filmmaker. And you can see some of his flourishes come in in mm. the case of the uh, what are almost necromorphic aliens, mm -hmm. um, the German metal guitar riffs that, that oh, yeah. begin to come in, and just the overall design kind of of the world, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's Paul W. Anderson? Or yeah, w. Paul S. Anderson? W. S. Anderson, yeah, correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I know people who love the Resident Evil uh, franchise, um, people who, um, who are otherwise like totally... Um, align with taste wise that's just one that I've never watched so I'm kind of intrigued whenever I see that name Paul W.S. Yeah. Anderson because I know people who are like he's onto something uh, which I did not see here sadly um, partly that is just the look of the movie um, I just thought it's a very German aesthetic yeah I, I, I look at it I feel like I'm looking at cheap plastic for most of it really yeah I mean you, you you know you use the term class work sometimes so much of this didn't even look like glass it looked like cellophane or not sheet metal but plastic um i wish well for it, it is a one decade old science fiction film yeah yeah and i i think that it certainly is at its best when there is no light when ben foster is going through these black tubes that are making you feel like he's being given birth into some sort of a a demonic monster mm ship that that just um it I, I don't just the tone of the thing is is my favorite part about it mm. and if anything i think that it gets weak whenever more characters are introduced and it becomes less of a claustrophobic hallway walker mm. yeah i would agree it kind of morphs i mean it's kind of i was kind of fascinated at first with how you could kind of just transpose some of this into a haunted house kind of narrative and it would play the same way he's you know crawling through the air ducts and he's encountering dead bodies there's even like a spider you know coming down a spider web at some point like sci-fi horror is really just not that different from horror in a really interesting well, way yeah, yeah um, but like sci-fi kind of horror the spider coming down all of a sudden you're like well hold on there's life on the ship that isn't mm. just human that that's been woken up like it's kind of this introduction into what we might encounter on the ship yeah yeah the uh the idea of of those ducks as like a birth canal that's kind of interesting i hadn't thought about that especially with how 
um, the the one guy ultimately emerges from it. Like he's uh, I don't know that that that's actually kind of an interesting image. Um, and you know I do think it's kind of um, even though there were things about it I didn't like, it's kind of internally consistent. Like I might not have liked some of the characterization, but I didn't feel like I ever saw the character behave one way and then behave differently and that didn't make sense like yeah. it all kind of kind of cohered it always respected um, its own world rules even if those yeah. world rules don't always really make any sense yeah and I, yeah. I think that like maybe one of one of my um um my younger friend's favorite scenes is my least favorite scene which is that really mm. really overlit fight scene um, oh, yeah. where all three yeah. of them are fighting the um, the necromorphic character. And it seems to me like it was just an ordered reshoot to provide mm. some sort of a climax at a point in the film when they thought they needed mm. it. Because I feel like Christian's tone is very consistently dark, hallway, small mm. stuff. And then he's trying to introduce this idea of life against corrupted life. Mm. Um, which, which I think is where the screenplay is at its very, very best. Mm. Um, and you know that ending while cheesy accomplishes the narrative idea there of um non-corrupted life against life that that is maybe corrupted itself but knows it's corrupted and is trying to fight against that Mm. which i just think is a philosophically and morally interesting idea yeah yeah i think it's maybe the kind of movie that like i like talking about more than i do watching because you know i think the i think the ideas are there i only as you describe them i i am interested um but i didn't find the the form like articulating those in a very appealing way for me um i didn't really like how a lot of the dialogue was delivered um the dialogue itself was okay and i understand that there sometimes just needs to be exposition to move a certain story forward but i kind of felt like it was trying to lean on sort of dramatically delivered exposition to build tension and suspense and instead of kind of like building that Definitely. into the shot. I think that is a trope of Anderson. That and Maybe that's it. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, it, it always has to be bigger and higher. Sta- like, yeah, it's like Fast and Furious. Once there's mm. a stake, the stake has to at least be more than that stake following mm. it. Just and, kind and of. And I think that that overall yeah. leads to a certain over exuberance that needs to be manifested in the dialogue that's not necessarily making any of the performers responsible for what is desired in the picture i completely agree like i wouldn't blame anybody here um ben foster dennis quaid i think they're all fine it's more just kind of about how they're how they're captured and how they're asked to kind of deliver some of this you know whether they're talking about like the um you know, kind of mythology that that one almost hobo looking guy kind of delivers the in the room. Yep. Yeah, or they're just talking about how they need to get to the to the bridge and how we need to go through the vent. It's all kind of delivered in this escalating, dramatic way that I I, I just didn't res- respond to. I kind of want that tension built into the into the shooting, um, but um, I don't think it's their fault um, at all. What do you think about the chase scenes and the hide scenes? I did not care for him. I feel like no when too... he sorry when he's alone. Oh wait, chase scenes. Um, yeah, like Dennis when he's Quaid? getting chased. No, 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 no. Ben Foster when he's ben getting Foster. chased through the hallways and then hides mm. in like the boot locker. Got it. Um, Specifically I... when you don't know like that that's a tr- like when you don't know why the body's hanging there, why the body's not mm. hanging there. Like, did that psychological horror element work or not? Yeah, I think some of the scenes were 
um, it felt a little more like horror and a little bit less just like an action sequence that I responded to it where there was some fear kind of built into it. Um, there were some action sequences. So what you just mentioned, yes, I think I did respond to that better than some of the scenes where they're As soon just... as another character is introduced, I, I essentially think that all the tension leaves the frame. Yeah. Um, because you're not alone anymore. And yeah. that's the thing. When the calm goes out and he's alone, oh my God, it's terrifying. And even when he has the calm and he's alone and Quaid can't follow him and he's mm. stuck, like, that's mm. just, it is terrifying at a psychological level, I think. Yeah, yeah. If, if you really try to put yourself in his shoes where you're like, well, what would I do if I was Dennis Quaid and the person I was talking to wasn't responding? Should I leave the room or not? Like, yeah, I, I like those things where when I put myself in the character's shoes, I also don't know what to do. And yes. it is scary. Yes. Um, in theory, like, and again, I, I don't know that it's really sort of any structural or narrative issue. Those are those are frightening scenarios. I, I didn't find the filmmaking really instilling that in me. Um, okay. But, um, yeah, so I, I think it has more to do with sort of the, the style and the direction than any sort of um, narrative choices or um, sort of the structural design of it. Um the actor who plays against Dennis Quaid, Kim Gigandet, okay. um, who was uh, like his alter ego yeah. in a way. Um, what do you think of him? Um, this time around, not so much. The first mm. time I wa- this is the second time I watched the movie, I think. So, oh. so it's the first time in ten years. Um, but the first time I watched it, I had no idea that that wasn't a real character. Mm. So. I and I was much younger, so I I think I just responded to it overall better. That's um, yeah, him as an actor this time around, not so much. How yeah, you? well, I'm mixed because in a way I think it's too much. Um, you know, he is this sort of taunting um, uh, presence in the room. Um, Essentially, and, the rabies character. Yeah, yeah, that works. Um, and I think I think they over dramatize it a little bit, but it's also it almost just kind of turns like into a little bit campy for me there. Um, and I actually kind of responded to it. It's that's just weird when when that can happen. Um, I'm like I realize that this is maybe a little ridiculous, but I like it. Greta syndrome. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that I felt that anywhere else, but there were you know certain cuts where it's just them in the room, Dennis Quaid and Kim Gigandet and Kim. Gigandet kind of like sneaks up on Dennis Quaid. I'm like, you're only the two of you in the room. How does that happen? But it's kind of amusing anyways. Um, and I don't think, I, I never really like to laugh at movies. And I don't feel like I'm doing that. I just feel like it just kind of works in this other kind of way for me. Yeah. Um, that was fun. I actually yeah, like that. Right. Like the disaster artist at the end. It's like, mm. just because you meant to make a movie one way doesn't mean that people can't love it a different way. Yes. Yes. The, yeah. Things can take on, uh, you know lives outside of what the intent was and it just kind of works in its own way i thought that was kind of fun what, what do you specifically think about that event that happens with dennis quaid being introduced to this mm. character and how that ends um with him yeah the the, the bodies kind of merge right yeah. that's how we sort of it's but, revealed. but did you did you like that idea 
even though you were laughing at the campiness, like oh yeah, even though you because you didn't know what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Did you like that part of the screenplay or not? Um, I can say I did not find it predictable. I did not see it coming. I can't say I, I really responded one way or the other. Really, um, I think I can't say I really liked it or didn't like it. But I think it it worked. It did its job. I didn't see it coming. Um, what about you? This time around, it's hard to say. Yeah. I really don't know because once you know something that's that crucial to mm. a plot and performance and scene, it just kind of goes into the uncanny valley of like just let it happen while it's happening mm. and then waiting to get back to something else. I think mm. Dennis Quaid was very good in this film. Yeah. As an actor. Um and that's really all I can say about it. But I I was just curious about what you thought since you didn't know. Because yeah, now that you yeah. know, you'll never not know again. That's true. Because it is such a a cohesive part of the film that it's just something that yeah. you can't forget. Yeah, Dennis Quaid, I, I, I was kind of just torn about because, you know, right from the opening scene when he comes out of his um, tube and he's falling out, he's exasperated, he's asking what's going on. Um, it feels a little off to me, but I think to myself, I think it's not what he's doing it's something just about how this scene is kind of blocked in stage that's just not quite clicking um so i i think i agree that um what he's doing is right but it's almost sort of like underserved i think maybe by the direction or something um so yeah no problems with him this time around once i got to the end i realized that christian had tricked me again mm. because when ben foster unmelts mm-hmm. and awakens we have that awesome practical effects scene where he's ripping off his skin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because your epidermis is still shedding and your your cells are still mm. building. But since you're in this cryogenic chamber, the the um, skin particles are not going to leave the mm. body. So it, it turns into kind of this um, s- snake skin. And mm. he has to rip it off. And Dennis mm. Quaid doesn't have to do that. So he was clearly awake mm. more recently. Ooh, that's a nice touch. And I forgot again. Like nice. it, it just got past mm. me again. And I was like, God damn you. You did it again. <laughs> I like that. That's a nice touch. Uh-huh. Um, aliens themselves. Did you like the Love look of them? them. Yeah. There you go. Big, big fan of the um, nuclear reactor evolution of humanoids. Mm. Yeah, um, I like the look of them. I wish I had almost just had more shots that just let me kind of take them in. Um, I think design-wise, um, that was kind of where it worked best for me was just in, in getting to take them in, um, you know, them kind of in a heap um, around the reactor. That was pretty fun. I was into that. Um, yeah. What else? Um, I think, like, what I think is the best part of the screenplay, Yeah, I think is just an interesting conversation piece. When they come into the room of the chef... Mm. What do you think about that whole scene? Um, so when they first walk in, we haven't seen like the drawings on the wall yet, right? We haven't he's seen the drawings of... on the wall. They come in and they just begin talking and he's kind of conversing with them. And uh, they're like, come down here. And, and he says, uh, how do you think that I stay alive this long? And he's just oh, yeah. kind of introduced as this like wasteland character mm. who's yeah. at this classic midpoint. But then they can't unlock the doors and the food is you know um weakening them to a point Mm. where they pass out and then wake up upside down but um i I think before that ben foster rubs his fingers on the wall Mm. 
and then takes it off and it's clear that it looks like barnacles and mm. a water level mm. and i thought that was just some of the best um foreshadowing without giving anything away that mm. i've seen kind of in visual storytelling that's interesting i did not pick up on that should have watched it together then you could be like hey look notice <laughs> this that would have that, that, that makes sense that's cool um, right, because while you're in there, you don't know that it's in the water, and that's the only hint that you get. And it's such a passive visual hint mm. that I just I really respect that idea of storytelling, where it's like, here you go, I'm showing you, but you're not looking. You know, I, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I that just went over my head. Um, there, it sounds like there's just more there that I just didn't see. Um, and it sounds like this has a uh, um, strong audience. Um, just for kind of what I, I was so. flipping through um, on it's definitely Letterbox, so. very watched. Yeah, I was flipping through as well, and there were a lot of. I'd, I'd say there were probably sixty reviews this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, which this came out like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand nine. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, I'm not sure what would have kind of brought this back up on people's radar. Uh, what brought what brought it back up on your radar? Well, we were watching Captive State, and I thought that this would be mm. a nice slow introduction into science fiction for you, because we are mm. going to be getting to a science fiction theme episode, and we need to ease Michael into non auteur science fiction filmmaking. People, there we go. Got it. It has begun. <laughs> you think we're this off. is weird? Just wait for Pitch Black. I like me some Vin Diesel. Well, good because you're gonna I'm get excited. a whole bunch of it. <laughs> <laughs> cool um anything else i like this movie where are you at on it uh not so much but that's okay at least good for a conversation there you go you're traveling to another dimension a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. The mirror has an image. That's right. Theme. Yes. I don't remember what season of the Twilight three, Zone this is in. Three is or right? two, two or three. Yeah. It is on Prime Video for everyone to watch. Um, I don't know where I somehow heard or read that this was loosely the foundation for us. IndieWire? Probably. IndieWire, Variety, Deadline, one of those. Um, yeah, IMDb yeah. factoid pop-up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, did you watch this before or after Before. Us? Oh, I watched it after, actually. Okay. Um, what'd you think? Is it fun? Um... I don't know that I cared for much of the acting. The stage lighting and shadow work was pretty sharp. Um, I just, I, I didn't really respond well to it. I didn't respond negatively either. Um, but it, it's an episode. It has yeah. an idea that I think is very simplistic and shallow. Yeah, I would agree. I think it tries to maybe do a little too much with too little. Um, and uh, find the idea just leaving me saying so what um, I don't remember what year this came out these are like 60s though so sometimes I try to kind of go back and re you know watch it through that lens and see you know what this would have felt like 
at that time before you've seen however many dozens and dozens of movies involving a parallel universe or doppelgangers or anything like that um and maybe give it a little more credit but um there's not a lot here um Mm-mm. but it's most interesting the hysterical window w- woman syndrome seems yeah. to be like it's fulcrum and then yeah. Yeah. the the interesting i think the most interesting and least th- the the thing that holds up the least and is the most interesting at the time is that um the the run in front of the car scene at the mm. end yeah because yeah. of just the logistics of trying to do that yeah yeah i could see that um i was very amused by once she's been taken away the shot of him setting his suitcase down and then going to get a drink of water and the camera zooms in on his suitcase and it's like watch the suitcase he goes to get a drink of water turns around nicely blocking the shot so some extra could go in and just pull that suitcase off the screen (laughs) kind of funny um you know it's uh it's tricks aren't particularly well hidden but um, I, it, it, it kind of charmed me anyways. Um, something this kind of bite size um, is kind of hard for me to ever like really be that bothered by. Yeah. So it, it does have some logical inconsistencies that I think are either accidents or are where the magic is happening. Um, mm. I was watching it with my friend and about five minutes in, we see the clock for the first time above the, the luggage terminal. He says, oh, shit, I wish I would have been watching the clock. And then I was like, okay, mm. watch the clock the whole time. And there's spans of, like, four minutes where the clock doesn't move. Then mm. there's other parts where the clock moves normally. So there's either a logical inconsistency in the shots or... <laughs> there's no batteries in the clock. That's <laughs> where the magic is happening. No, because the clock does progress. Oh, it does move. Okay, it does yeah. move. But there's points in time where there's, like, four minutes of dialogue going back and forth where the clock has not moved at all. Got it. And yeah. that's where it's like, huh. like this is distracting yeah (laughs) yeah yeah fair enough um yeah most interesting just as kind of a uh you know point of reference i think for us and cultural artifact yeah you know just with the idea of doppelgangers as sort of a uh trope you know it's kind of just always fun to trace kind of the lineage of that kind of thing and see how it's been used here it's i don't think it's used towards much but um you know it's so bite-sized that it's, um, you know, not really, a, doesn't feel like a waste of time. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't I'd rather watch The Double or Enemy any day. Mm. Seen Enemy, I have not seen The Double. But We'll fix go. that. We'll get you on AO8 for AOD. Never know which. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have much else. Do you want to just segue into uh, Jordan Peele's Us or? Let's, uh, let's dig into Us. All right. You people. It's us. They look exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. And we kill them. Jordan Peele's Us. How did you respond? Did you respond well? Not so well? Mixed? Mixed. Mixed. Okay. Lots of appreciation. Lots of things that I wish were done differently. But the things that I wish were done differently, I understand why he didn't do that. I just question that objective. Got it. 
Okay. I personally was quite high on it. Surprisingly high. Um, there are things that I found myself questioning, but at the same time, I was never not just totally in this movie. Totally engaged. Totally thrilled by it. Um, mm. At a, you know... Uh, kind of sensory level I just really responded to the filmmaking itself and just the how it moved the beats of it the scenes the the shots um I think this was just thrilling for its surfaces from from Um, beginning to end you just there yeah okay yeah definitely um the flashback sequences I was always just Mm. gone just I didn't check Mm. out but I was just like okay from start to finish like all of them yeah because yeah. it's it's a horror film and it, mm. it's like well nothing that bad is going to happen because i've already met my characters in the trailer so mm. they're fine mm. get to the part where they cannot be fine and i, I think that yeah. that's just part of this genre for me like anytime mm. you're in a threatening genre and then doing flashbacks to your characters mm. under threat it's like who the fuck do you think I am? Some mm. idiot? Like, come on, they're not gonna get yeah. hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I. Yes, you, 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 just fair. You you did not fear for them. No, um, no, and yeah. I. Once again, either I read too much or I've watched too many movies where like I just had a, a very strong feeling that she was a different kid after mm. that that carnival scene and i was just Mm. kind of always suspicious of that and then when she started grunting i was like definitely uh the Mm. other one because that was because the Mm. other lupita was the only lupita that was talking out of all the Mm. the scissor holder people Mm. so i just like these things Mm. that i think worked at a different timing for other people didn't work at that Mm. timing for me yeah and i was just kind of keeping up with jordan um, but like the thing that I loved the most about what Jordan was doing is he was introducing coincidences for the um, viewer just as much as he was introducing coincidences for the characters. Mm. By you know he he gives us that the shining opening shot for mm. just a smidge, just a smidge when they they're in the car and they go over and then he switches to that overhead pan, pan with the road underneath and mm. then it cuts really quickly and right then I was like that's coming back and that's going to be mm. like crucial to the comeback. And it was, you know. And there you go. So he's using these so societal coincidences from great filmmakers, mm-hmm. very expertly. Yeah, oh, yeah, I would agree. They are um, woven in quite seamlessly, um, and you know, sometimes you feel people just wearing their influence influences too obviously on their sleeve and not kind of doing something with them. I just feel like he is kind of taking them and um, kind of repurposing them for his own ends. Um, which I, which I thought was was really fun. Um, so the switcheroo that you saw coming did did that just in fact not interest you? Period, or was its predictability just part of the problem? By by me being able to predict it, it completely took the weight out of it happening. Period. I guess the not it happening, but the setting. Which I mm. think is the most crucial part of the film is the setting underground. Mm. And I think that that just completely falls away for me. Mm. It doesn't... It just doesn't work. It's not the Overlook Hotel for me. Mm. You, yep. you know, like, th- there are certain things that are built up prop... 
not properly, but there's certain things that just manifest themselves in the greatest horror films that become mm. where the setting becomes iconic. And mm. I think that he was attempting to make this underground the place like the Overlook Hotel. And that just did mm. not ever click for me. Mm. But I really, really love the all the shots of that escalator. I thought that was just awesome. You think he was trying to make like the house into the into something like no, the, the Overlook the Hotel? No, the underground. Oh, the underground. Got it. The underground where it ends. Got it. Where Got she's it. facing off against herself. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Um, I don't know that I I do that connection, but. I can see that once you make that connection if it's not if it doesn't hold up it doesn't hold up um well that's where it all comes down to right like that's the yeah, I guess yeah, may, yeah. maybe you could call it the hedge maze yeah the shiny. yeah or, or you know like it's it's where the final throwdown happens yeah yeah for sure um yeah um it sounds like sense. I'm really negative on this movie. I love this movie anytime <laughs> it's in a neighborhood. If it's in a neighborhood or on a boat called the Crawdaddy or mm. B Yacht, tch, oh, it's a great movie at those points. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I just think it's it's super well shot. Um, I, I think the carnival scenes are sometimes just gorgeous. Um, I wish I could remember who it was I saw on Twitter lining up some of the shots of... Um, Lupita Nyong'o as a kid in the mirror scene up against shots from Moonlight and just how like perfectly lit those shots are and that blue light on her skin like it's mm. just gorgeous um go- like finding so that's something the other just thing. I'm not seeing these colors yeah something just like that beautiful mixed up with fear I think is just a really interesting thing um it, re- it did remind me of a lot of the uh not a lot it reminded me of some of the rear profile shots of some of the children in the it chapter one film oh i don't know if, yeah, yeah. if there's any correlation there or if it was just me but i i just a lot of those rear profile shots of like the mm. uh, i think there's a specific kid in a sweater going down the ah. street and i was just like oh you know like the this is iconic visuals that mm. he's using very consistently to create this eerie feeling of familiarity without understanding mm, yeah yeah and, um, and to quote um one specific fellow who was walking down the stairs in front of me upon exit that ending was so fucking stupid it was a five out of five and then that ending it's a one out of five for me babe wow this is like a perhaps a 40 year old guy walking out with his wife like just steamed up over that ending the what, what do you think it was that he was so upset about that the shining overhead pan of the hands cross america got it just just doesn't like the shot doesn't like the relevance or doesn't like the reference doesn't like the idea like like Mm. of this is a horror movie and now it's what is it you know to me that it almost first purged itself right there ah interesting like it just just tried um, to make a social statement right because you can't talk about this movie without talking about that those three opening lines i don't remember what they are but there's like Oh, yeah. You know, the abandoned corridors all over America. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Tunnels all under the ground with no known purpose or yes. something like that. Right. Any idea that it just, like, triggered right away? Or were you just like, I got nothing? Um, well, roads are inhabited by people with wealth. Those things are inhabited by people without wealth. So it instantly became a, a class structure issue mm. um, to me about homeless versus homed. Mm, yeah see that's what's interesting is like i think for me there were kind of two ways of looking at this movie that i was kind of 
going back and forth between. One is, you know, as a film, obviously about kind of doppelgangers and a mirror image of ourselves. Like, is this more about us as individuals or or a collective sort of um, being our our? That's that's what you're thinking. That's what I think Jordan's intention is to make us think. Got it. So yeah, I thought it's either. His stated purpose is that this film is to serve as an inkpot for social commentary. That is his stated purpose for this film. Got it. Understood. Um, so I, I I could see this in in kind of two ways. On one hand, you're 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 kind of asking questions like, is this, you know, to what extent is this about us just kind of being our own worst enemy? Um, is this about us being forced to um, reckon with who we are and what we've done? Um, versus a an angle that sees the people below ground and the people above ground as, you know, obviously linked, but two kind of inherently different groups. And it's like, how do we not forget about what it is that we have done? Um, because to me, about like kind of historical transgressions, um, to me, what's kind of critical to um, Lupita Nyong'o's character getting swapped is that that means that at some point the girl who started below ground forgot that she was ever down there right I don't think there's any implication that she somehow had this in her head and just never told anybody so I think that's kind of fascinating that this copy would have started below come above ground or repressed yeah um well isn't that what you're saying that she came yeah. above ground and then repressed it yeah what well, yeah whether you want to call it repression amnesia something like that um i think that is a very um uh potent idea um well, yeah and historical then, amnesia is a yeah yeah place yeah um so necessary <laughs> yeah and then and then the idea that um you know to have um forgotten transgressions like that um those those ghosts will haunt us and they will you know kind of demand to be reckoned with um i think you know you you kind of just go for the image of those that that populace joining hands and asserting themselves or you don't i just kind of did um i don't know how else you could achieve that goal i just i I didn't like it. I just didn't yeah. respond well to it. And I have no ill will towards those ideas. Like, I like those ideas being explored ar- artistically. But I also want a version of this movie that is just a neighborhood horror-killing thriller doppelganger nightmare. Because that's when my whole audience was having the most fun and when I was having the most fun. Yeah, And yeah. that's just my selfish desire. But, I, you, you know... There is certainly something, as he intended, to inkblot interpret about the fact that they don't have voices and that the only way that mm. they can voice their um, feelings is through violence and that they're using scissors and have one hand gloved. You know, um, I think that maybe the most um, classically mythic image is the opening or near the opening on the beach when the boy goes to the bathroom and we're worried he's going to wander into Merlin's forest doesn't then turns around and sees the previously dead hobo who holds Ezekiel 1111 um or is it Jeremiah 1111 I can't remember if it's Jeremiah or Ezekiel he's holding Um, like a book or uh he he holds the sign 
Oh, gotcha, got one. it. Can't remember if it's Ezekiel or Jeremiah, though. Um, and he has his right hand is dripping blood. I'm colorblind, but I'm pretty mm. sure that that was a red right hand. And yes. that is yeah. the classic, you know, with the red right hand. Um, mm. You know, it's kind of how uh, people that have been wronged will write. <laughs> mm. yeah. Because the um, in, in Catholic dominant culture, the right hand was the preferred hand, the non-devil mm. hand. And it would be your sword hand and it would be stained red from blood. Mm. Yeah, it's resonant. Um, yeah, I mean, I would agree. I don't know that the um, any social relevance it has is really what I responded most to. I can undoubtedly say my favorite scene involved Elizabeth Moss. Yes, um, with blood squirting out of her neck, perhaps? Yeah, most definitely. It's just, um, not to just sound macabre, but her crawling on the ground to the Beach Boys... Um, so much of this movie, like, the, the, the music is always complementing the image, and that's, like, the one instance we get where there's some dissonance between the music and the image, and I just, I just think that was just perfect, and I think she's just spectacular as a supporting character. Um, she does so much with, with every minute of screen time. I thought she was just a blast, and, like, even in scenes where um, Lupita Nyong'o's double, I don't know how else to call her, or what else to call her, is they're all in the living room and she's delivering the once upon a time thing. I don't really like those, the delivery of it in a once upon a time format. At the same time, do I like watching Lupita Nyong'o in that character delivering anything? Yeah. Like I still just cannot wait to kind of watch this again. Um, that's where I feel like I have competing feelings and sort of just my immediate response to it is, is partially winning out. Because I think the ideas still um, are thick enough for me to reckon with as I just kind of drink it all in. I love Elizabeth Moss. It is a crime that her and Lupita do not share more scenes in this film. That mm. is just a fact. These two should be going back and forth talking about how they can't dance and slapping their thighs and, mm. and talking about getting work done uh, while drinking alcohol and being mm. a nervous wreck forever. I would mm. watch that forever. It's just so yeah. good. Um, I do think that that was a foreshadow where she says once upon a time and, and we can tell mm. that she hasn't talked in a long time mm -hmm. and that because she would have very limited access to anything in the underground, mm. she would not have been hearing narrative stories since her one upon, once upon a time stuff. So that yeah. might be the only way that she knew how to communicate stuff. Love that. Yeah. So I, I think that there is a certain logical consistency to it, but I also felt the same way where it was just, um, grading mm. not in like a, a, a like a terrible way but it was just mm. like uh i i don't know that i need this as much as you need to tell me this jordan mm. for the sake of the narrative yeah. like you gotta or, get this or, out somehow or his desire to turn it into the ink plot mm. like like i i don't want to tell an artist that they did it wrong or, or what to do ever but I, mm. I just think that me as an audience member I would have liked it more if he didn't want to make his ink blot as much as he wanted to just make something that was truly terrifying and fun because mm. mm. there is something truly terrifying and fun in the middle of this movie 
and I mm. wish that it was the whole movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. Maybe I, I just don't know how I'm going to feel about it in the long run, to be honest. Um, I, I think the genre stuff, or I, I, I don't want to use that word, um, like just the just the the the, the fun stuff the, the 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 most thrilling aspects of it i expect to age really well what what i can't decide is if there might come a time where we say oh yeah jordan peele that was that guy who tried to be the great like social messenger of our time i don't want that either i think what was great about get out was how those ideas were kind of smuggled into it um as a genre picture yeah and i agree like there is something about how here it feels more like kind of icing on it instead of really in the cake um yeah but before but, the social commentary was baked into the very genre itself yeah, whereas yeah. here it is the social commentary is the film and the genre is what's baked in mm, that's interesting i don't know that i would go that far that it's the total for me it didn't feel like the total inverse i, um, I, I think but i see what i understand timing wise maybe like if you just look at the when the film how long and in a row the film is a horror picture mm. versus the beginning and endings where it's making social commentary statements yeah yeah um whereas the beginning and end of get out are like genre piece yeah and a little bit in the middle it gets into social commentary and then terrifying yeah yeah but yeah i mean you know you know we're even kind of using those words like it's a film it's a social commentary but I almost feel like it is kind of malleable enough that like it that it 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 works in a good way. Like I don't think that it's. I mean, do you feel like it's it's overly specific in delivering no, a particular message? It's definitely open to message? interpretation and might hold up to reflect coming grievances for decades to come. I'm, I'm not saying yeah. that it can't be capable of that. I'm just saying I don't think the. I don't think I value that, is mm. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would <laughs> Not say... Not to be cruel, but, like, I wanted... I just didn't... This isn't exactly what I wanted, and what I want is not his objective to achieve, either. And yeah. I, I don't want to, like, come off like, he didn't do what I need. But yeah. But it's just, yeah, my my tastes were flummoxed. Yeah. It, like, in a way, I feel like Get Out is, is the the more clearly social commentary movie like it is very to me it's very concise kind of like what that is doing like the idea that there is um racism beneath this facade of um phony white wokeness that's pretty specific and like it's pretty clear what he's doing and everybody liked that here but it the... was also in like a straight up horror right right but i and would I say feel like this one is in a world where the the world is all about achieving a social commentary in the film like mm. like the extra parts of the world do not serve the agenda of genre picture thriller they serve mm. the agenda of social commentary would would you agree or not i don't i i think we're i suspect that even I myself might be overthinking it. And then in the long run, it's it might just play more as a genre picture about the government having cloned people um, in an experiment that went awry. They abandoned them. Um, I mean, th that's all... That is genre. I mean, I don't know that you can say if that, like... If it was straight up presented and... I, I, I don't... I didn't feel drawn towards that. 
Like that mm. just felt like something tacked on as an explanation. Like I wasn't seeking that explanation based on the film that I spent time watching. Mm. Did you? Did, were you desiring that statement of like, where are they from? Who are they? I wasn't. Um, I uh, I was very curious. Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, I, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to understand like what is happening. Here. I, like, I had already watched Mirror Image, so I was like, I don't give a fuck, <laughs> you know, like just let's have fun. Yeah, but I guess I I don't know that why why you can't read it that way. Like I kind of think that it's if if that narrative in the long run kind of falls away about Jordan Peele and this movie, like th- that was kind of the expectation for everybody coming into this movie, right? Was that like okay, he's he did racism last time. What's you know what does he have to say about America this time? Um, I think this is in a way less. Um, less of a less of a takedown like i think there are ideas there that are in a way more malleable with with greater sort of metaphorical potential than how specific get out was and i'm not that's not the criticism of get out was yeah um i I just i suspect this could really work in the long run i think the form is going to kind of win out when people come back to it for the fun stuff and you know, you can kind of just take it as a movie about um, uh, about a population of copies who who said um, you're you're effed. You know, we're 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 coming up. Um, I think that uh, can can kind of work on its own terms. I don't know. As you can tell, I'm still kind of working through it. But I, I think that it's not as open to interpretation as something like Mother was. And it's not as just devoted genre piece as The Vich. I would agree. And neither yeah. does it leave you with this ability to just kind of apply whatever you're currently contemporarily in your head, like wondering about philosophically or morally, the mm-hmm. way that Under the Skin does. I would agree. Right? Would agree. Like, yeah. like it's not in any of those. And I think those are very, like, three very specific veins. Like, one is like endless versions of metaphors one is like Mm. a a body that you can make into kind of anything you want and under Mm. the skin and then the vich is just like straight up genre where it's open to interpretation what exactly that all Mm. was and how it was the one thing you can't debate is that it was and i think Mm -hmm. that us could have been the vich if it didn't Mm. go for the social commentary stuff Mm. and it also if it was less narrowly focused, it could have been as broad as Mother. But to me, it's in this like uncanny valley of values that I just I, I don't necessarily like yet. Mm. But I'm very open to rewatching it when I'm not in the middle of three movies in a row on a Thursday night. There you go. And seeing if perhaps that played into it. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, I don't think it did. I was pretty eager to watch it. I was very hyped up, um, yeah. but also I was hyped up. This is the follow up to Get Out, so yeah. that could yeah. be coloring yeah. it the wrong way. But I, I do think that I'm never gonna fully appreciate just some of the um, sit time in mm. this in this piece because to me it should be a little bit more genre y, and it mm. I, I don't really like The Shining. Oh. Okay. Yeah, you know, so like it, mm-hmm. this could be like an extreme compliment. Like I don't like that sit time that we get in The Shining, mm-hmm. where we're just mm-hmm. kind of sitting there. 
Like I, I, I do, <laughs> I, I do like The Shining, but it, like it's a good movie. But I don't like that process of sitting there. I don't like mm. that really, 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 really slow fade out. Mm. Um, after it says Universal Pictures presents us on the rabbits. Yeah, yep. I was like, okay, bud. I know that you want to perform magic. Put the rabbit in the hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would completely agree. The, the, the films you mentioned, particularly The Witch, I don't think it's anywhere on those, um, anywhere near that level. I do think The Witch will haunt me until I die. Um, because partly because I there there's so much about it I don't understand. Exactly. Um, I think that's the better movie. Like I, I didn't want yeah. to, I, I didn't want all these explanations and all this understanding. Um. And it's fine that he wanted to do that. It's just I didn't yeah. want it. Yeah, um, I agree. And it, it, maybe this is just the best way I can try and articulate what I felt like I did respond to here. That might just fade um, as as time goes on. But I, I you know, I was in it um, while I was watching it. Um, even as I kind of had these same complaints in my head, it's, it's weird. I just had a real mixed opinion. That's why rating it was so hard. Um, you know, Have what you do you do? It? No, I yeah. still haven't um, because it'll probably move, you know, just as you kind of get away from it. Um, you know, it's it's to me, I'll probably have something competing in my head where I'm like, yeah, like that, you know, something was maybe heavy handed. But I also just really want to see that family again. Um, yes, that's know? the thing. I yeah. want to see that family again, but I don't want to do the flashbacks. <laughs> mm. Like how many times do we flashback to the girl in... Um, is it the who's the Native American that um, that owns mm. the forest in the beginning? I can't remember. I don't remember. Owns the Be, because owns it, the what? Uh, it, it's a Native American forest. The theme. Oh, oh, that she gets oh, lost oh. in, and it um, turns into Merlin's forest, and there's still a oh, totem pole halfway through. You're right. I forget what it was called. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> like, I how many times did we go back to that? Like ah. seven times, maybe. And like, I just it's too much. I didn't. I don't need flashbacks in mm. horror really mm. like like maybe one or two to like shatter my belief in something you know but yeah uh to, is too much to it, it it interrupted the pulse and and when he has this thing going it's going mm. he you know um i mean even so in the dolby theater there's that stunning shot in the first and in the beginning I don't know that it's a flashback because we haven't gone forward in time yet mm. and she's um, she's lost in the mirrors mm. right and there's the exit sign mm. and all of a sudden I notice that I've got exit signs oh. and so there's this I think that he did that very much on purpose to mm. begin to um, bring in the these um, coincidences Mm. to the film viewer where it's like oh she's looking for an exit sign I have two right here because mm. every theater has that same exit sign so I there's these small filmmaking things that I just love that Jordan Peele does um, that frisbee on the beach oh yeah oh my yeah. god what is that the shining what, what is that referencing I can't clockwork orange oh I don't know I can't remember specifically it's a Kubrick film I knew exactly what mm. it was and then it left me wow but the pattern of the picnic blanket is specifically like the carpet or oh. walls from something. And then the Frisbee. 
matches it perfectly. Oh, I'm almost thinking like Space Odyssey, the planets aligning or something. I don't, I don't know if that's it. But that it doesn't, I that don't think could so. have been his objective, <laughs> yeah, you know, because he, he is in that film nerd space. Yeah. Um, and then he he had told Lupita Nyong'o to watch It Follows as oh. a study for this movie, and I, huh. I never felt like It Follows really happened with her character so much as with her daughter. Yeah, I would agree. I don't know that I would have guessed that by any means. I almost would have thought, like, that um, smoker's lung voice almost made me think of, like, the girl from The Exorcist. Like, yeah. it just sounds like she's been chain-smoking for years. Um, I, I, I just, I, I really respond to Well, he to gave it. her nine other um, movies to watch, but I just thought that yeah, It Follows yeah. was... That's interesting. It is the, I think, one of the best genre pieces about a social commentary that I've mm. seen. Because it is about STDs. Mm. Yeah. But it's also yeah. very much just a genre piece. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, favorite character? Uh, Elizabeth Moss, for sure. You? Um, I can't remember his name. Is it? It's not Stephen James. It's Stephen mm. something. The Which the character? husband of Lupita. Oh, um, is it Winston Duke? That could be Winston Duke. I there you go. loved him. He yeah. was awesome when he uh, yep. thinks he's gonna get lucky and he gets in his boxers and he gets oh, in the yeah. sexy pose on the bed and great stuff. Oh, it, right, like that. Um like those small touches as as like a family and then he's looking at her and we notice that there's something wrong with her mm. like that that's that the vitch like mm. level that that i was appreciating where it's like oh is she she might she like i, I think she's definitely the one from the the underground yeah yeah i mean it's interesting you know something about it's interesting to compare it to the witch i mean the witch is also just so much just scarier for me i mean so that has it going for it i might also compare it to something like um like uh god i'm trying that ah, we don't have to go off making comparisons um i was almost thinking like the thing did you ever see john carpenter's the thing i haven't seen john carpenter's the thing since i was very little so i don't count it really as seeing it because i don't even know if i watched the whole thing yeah but i did watch the 2011 olivia wilde remake is that their remake I, oh i didn't know that it was 2011 i think olivia wilde was in it i can't remember who all was in it um it was okay yeah yeah you know that was one that was kind of written off as a genre exercise people thought like didn't quite cohere and now it's like um some people think consider that's one of like one of the greatest genre films of all time yeah um and it's partly just because of the form like it's the practical effects um kind of like tremors it's just cult yeah yeah but um yeah that just came to mind so i don't have any more to say about that um it's no witch i agree so if you had to give it a star ah probably i'm probably still at a I've been debating between a four and a four and a half. I don't know where I'm going to land. I don't know. I hate, sometimes I hate reviews. <laughs> Just give it a heart. Yeah, sounds exactly. Um, I don't know. My gut says four and a half. Maybe we'll rewatch it and this will be the first movie we review twice. That could be. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's just what I need is just another sit with it. Maybe go see it in two weeks, depending on there if it's go. still in Dolby then. Let it breathe. Yeah. I think that's the last thing to say is the score and the sound work is just oh, yeah. incredible. Yeah. Great sound editing. Fantastic. Just going back and forth between the strings, the hip hop, the Beach Boys. I was, I just was having a blast. Loved it. Put five on it. Yeah. 
you want you gotta know that like that is on everybody's spotify right now right oh probably because i put i got into google and that was like within the top five search oh, results no no doubt no doubt <laughs> it's a banger well i think that is the episode as far as us recording the episode <laughs> uh, <laughs> once upon a time run go get to the chopper we have to go i'm coming with you that was brilliant you're the best and we love you i got five on it <laughs> I'm totally wrong. Keep it. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs>